Hello everyone and welcome to the realm of Midgard. Yes, where you are standing right now because this is a Norse mythology episode of Zingness. I am going to take some deep dives. I'm going to have some fun talking about some awesome Norse myths and setting up some stuff for crossover. But of course, if there's a crossover, that means I'm not alone. I'm joined by... Someone from the other side of the portal. Yes. <laughs> Welcome again to Zingness into the portal. Yeah, what's Woo-hoo. up, buddy? How's it going? Glad to be here. It, it is going excellent. And we are recording this. I'm, I'm going to reveal the time we are recording this because we're recording this on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Which, um, fun fact, you guys know that this day is actually taken from a Norse god's name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, as are a few days of the week, actually. But that will be something I'll get into later. I just wanted to set that up. Yes. Um, as I've said before, mythology, stuff like that, is ancient pop culture. And Zygnus loves pop culture. And I love mythology. So I figured this would be a great time to have some discussion. I've read a lot of books recently. I have a lot of stuff going through my head and just want to get it out of my system. Hell yeah. And that's <laughs> oh, We've been looking forward to this for a long time, man. And you guys do, too. So, um... So I guess let's get I now I will preface with a few things. One, I will probably mispronounce one or two things here and there. Oh, I apologize. As no worries. Mm-hmm. I apologize. This is very hard to read and very hard to remember the pronunciation because there are multiples. Also, two, I want to set this up as a opportunity for you, the listener. Yes, you, dear listener out there listening as an opportunity for you to go out and explore the mythology of the Norse yourself. I'm not going to tell every story. I'm not going to give every detail because I want you to go experience it. Cause that's how I got into Norse mythology was I heard bits and pieces and then I kind of got all gathered together and even I haven't heard everything. So I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I'm claiming to be somebody that has read a lot recently. <laughs> and that's enough for us and in, in, in regards to us you're an expert because i mean there's rabbit holes galore when it comes to this stuff right i mean mo- people dip their toes in with the movies and things like that mm-hmm. and kind of hear about it but it's oh my god there's so much information mm-hmm. so so first i want to preface this also i would love to do a compare and contrast between norse mythology versus the marvel comics <laughs> yeah, that is perfect. something I will do later because there's <laughs> enough there for its own thing. I might mention stuff here and there, but that is a whole different episode onto itself. Totally. So, how familiar are you guys with the mythology of the Norris of of Norse mythology? Well, um, it's funny you bring up the whole Marvel and the whole like you know pop culture influences <laughs> because that's pretty much the basis that we have um, as far as like our previous knowledge uh, leading up to this episode obviously we've done we've done some digging like you know in preparation obviously but mm-hmm. we've covered things like trolls on our, on our film friday right troll hunter that was an awesome film we just yeah. watched it last yeah. night <laughs> one of our favorites <laughs> I, I don't know I, I guess our our we obviously before even like doing this show and stuff like that you know knew about Things like trolls, elves, dwarves, like these types of creatures, obviously. Yes, and obviously the big one is Thor, too. We've seen a couple of those. We haven't seen the Ragnarok one, though, yet. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the new one that just came on Netflix? Yep. Mm-hmm. I have not watched it either yet. Okay. So so, so don't, don't worry. If you are, if there are spoilers about that, you will not hear them on here because I have not watched that either. 
Yet. Perfect. Yet. So, um, something I want to just get off the table real quick, and this vaguely is something that is within the Thor from the comics versus Thor in mythology. What color hair does Thor have? Oh, in mythology. Orange. Oh, uh, r- orange. Red? Orange. Are we going with that? Red, red orange. Red, orange, yes. Yes. <laughs> Same diff, yeah. With yeah. Word. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yes. And, and there, are, there are a lot of other differences, but I said that's a whole different episode. It's just one of those things that when I was reading and stuff like that, they described it as having red hair, and it's always something that triggers in my head to where it's like, nope, it's red. Switch it over to red. It's red. They couldn't so, find a redhead to play him in those movies, eh? No, no, no. And in the comics, though, he's blonde. In the right. comics, he's 100% blonde. But right, right. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, he's 100% blonde. But in, like I said, the mytho- the mythological origins of it, he is, of course, redhead. So, uh, as are a lot of the other gods, too. Um, right, right. I'm, I'm going to preface this by just some of the stuff I've read to, to get prepared for this. Um, I watched... A lot of stuff. Uh, I read, of course, Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology. Right, uh, right. Also, another great book I would recommend is The Gospel of Loki, which is basically Norse mythology, but from Loki's perspective the entire time. And uh, cool. jo- Joanne Harris is the one who wrote that, and that's actually part of a series because there is another book that I did not even realize was part of that until recently called The Testament of Loki, which I have not read yet so so there's those two also i have not read it personally but there is the um the of course origin for a lot of this stuff is the poetic and i'm gonna butcher this the poetic um edda where a lot of this stuff is originated from by from snorri like i said i have not read that personally but i have you know in my research come across that so i just wanted to point that out and i know that neil gaiman for his research with his Norse mythology book did a lot of that. Now, I'll, of course, be doing my own interpretations of some of the stories, too, just for the fun of storytelling with of this. Course. So I'm, I'm taking my own opportunities and liberties with this stuff. But also, I just wanted to point this out. I think the best time to listen to this might be on a cold winter night beside the fire. Because mm. I feel like that's how this story would be being told. Because, of course, a lot of Norse mythology was told of course, verbally and passed down that way. Right. And everything. So I just wanted to set the mood for everything. Totally. So, mood set. Yes, mood awesome. is set. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, you, dear listener, are in for a treat. Also, um, just want to point this out. Another, sorry, before I start, one more thing. Music-wise, if you want more from Norris mythology-themed stuff and music, I would highly recommend Brothers of Metal and Amana Marth. They have plenty of songs that deal with a lot of the stuff I'm going to be talking about today and all stuff in Norse mythology. So definitely in other mythology. So definitely check out, of course, Brothers of Metal and Amana Marth. On that note, let's set up by talking about, I guess, the different places this takes place in. So I, of course, entered this by saying Midgard which is referring to the world of humanity, which is where we live, the realm of Midgard. Now, all of this exists on the tree Yggdrasil. Now, there's different branches to this, and this is where all the worlds exist, and Yggdrasil is like the, basically the connecting line through everything. Um, there's a ton of stuff that lives on Yggdrasil. There's like dragons, there's different wells. There's also a squirrel that runs up and down it 
delivering messages named <laughs> Radagas. I mean, oh. sorry, Radatusk. Sorry, I've been listening Radatusk. to... I just got done reading The Hobbit, so Radagask is in my head as a name. Um, yeah. Radatusk. Um, so there's that. The other world, the other nine realms are, of course, Asgard, which is the home of the Acer gods. Vanaheim, which is home of the Vanir gods and goddesses. Jotunheim, which is home to... You want to take a guess? Giants. Giants. <laughs> Trolls. Correct. Giants. Yes. Uh <laughs> Niflheim, which is the primordial world of ice. Mustaheim, which is the primordial world of fire. Elfheim, which is home of the elves. Nidovalir or Svartalheim. It actually can go by either, according to a lot of the stuff I read. And that's the home of the dwarves. And finally, Hel or Helheim, home of the goddess Hel and the unhonored dead. Mm. Hmm. So lots of individually unique places where obviously Mm -hmm. very distinct things are originating from. Yes, and a lot of the adventures in Norse mythology take place in different realms, and kind of a lot of them have different adventures in different realms. Now, I did point out that the Helheim um, realm of the goddess Hel is the realm of the unhonored dead. The realm of the honored dead, who are those who died in glorious battle, is, of course, Valhalla, which is, Ah, of course, seen over by Odin himself. And it's actually a hall within the realm of Asgard. It's a hall that he has, where where the ones who died bravely in battle battle every day and feast every night as they prepare for the of course, coming of the end times, Ragnarok. And those honored dead actually have a name. They are the Inheri. The Inheri. Which are the honored dead that shall huh. serve them at at Ragnarok. So, hmm. I mentioned Odin. Actually, do you, do you guys have any questions about the realms and stuff before I move on? Um, actually, I have one question. Okay. I loosely saw a reference to the Valkyrie. And that's yes. always uh, been fascinating to me because we had a friend who named his cat Valkyrie. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but I saw it in reference to um, the people that you just mentioned, the honored dead. Mm-hmm. And they like were the ones that chose them? Or choosers, choosers of the slain ah, is, okay. um, is, the, is what they're referred to as. Uh, Odin's handmaidens who collect the souls of the dead who died bravely on the battlefield. Mm. And then they bring them to Valhalla. Very cool. Very neat. Yes. So, and, and they're warrior women. Um, I've seen them, of course, in the, like, Thor Ragnarok movie. They were portrayed as riding winged steeds. I've always assumed they are winged individuals themselves, a la angels, just in my mm-hmm. interpretation in my head. I did see some personally. imagery of them, yeah, with, with wings. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. It was yeah. a female cat, so that makes sense. <laughs> definitely. It definitely does. And they're also very hard to fight in the God of War game, which I will try not to mention too much, though. I do love the God of War game. It takes a lot of liberties <laughs> with the mythology, so I'm trying not to mention that too much because, one, I'll go on a completely different tangent, and two, I'll go on a completely different tangent. <laughs> so, going to the gods that really matter in these tales I will be telling today, of course, we got to start with the Allfather himself, Odin, Grimir, uh, Wednesday, um, 
the god of wisdom, the god of healing, the god of death, the god of royalty, the god of gallows, the god of knowledge, the god of war, the god of battles, the god of victory, the god of poetry, the god of frenzy, the god of runic alphabet, and there are many, many more I didn't mention, and also many, many more names that he goes by that I did not mention. Wow. Hence, one, why he's called the All-Father, and two, he goes by many, many, many names in different cultures and in different areas that the Norse mythology was prevalent in that's insane i had no idea also i pointed out another day of the week there wednesday Ah. comes from um comes actually from his name he gave his uh one of his eyes for wisdom so basically he has wisdom everything Uh, i know neil gaiman in the books goes on that he hung himself from the world tree yggdrasil for knowledge of runes and many many other thing which is why he's referred to as the gallows god he's the god of the of the course people who are hung and stuff like that also the god god of car i'm I'm serious i could go on for days with all the different stuff he's the god of right right um but yes that is like i said it's very interesting because he is also one that wanders a lot he is one that wanders through the different realms as a figure in a wide brim hat that kind of just observes everything but he does not he doesn't need to observe everything technically because he has two ravens that do that for him which are hugin thought and moonin memory or mind that fly all over the realms to bring him information so whenever you see the you know the ravens on his shoulders that are those are their names and what they represent quote unquote interesting pretty cool I've seen reference to Moonin before. Uh, we actually mm-hmm. have a local pub in town called Moonin's Post. That makes <laughs> yeah, a lot more sense do. to me now. Yeah. That yeah. is really cool, actually. That That is really cool to hear that. Um, no, it's just fun because in, like, um, I know the American Gods, which is also a book written by Neil Gaiman, but also a show that is on stars. Yeah, stars. Um, you see ravens a lot of times in just the backgrounds of those, and it's always two of them. Of course, because mm. one of the characters in the series is, of course, Odin. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, so I find, of course, the ravens very interesting because they are something that, like, people would follow back in, like, back in the day when this stuff was, like, being talked about the fire. Um, ravens would follow, of course, hunting parties because they knew they could scavenge from them. Right. And hunters could follow the ravens to see where something might have recently died or to help them find possible carcasses or stuff like that. Hmm. Makes sense. So that yeah. is very interesting for that note. He also, Odin also has two wolves, Gary and Frecky. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm, I'm like probably Gary not pronouncing it right, but I've always heard it pronounced Gary. Um, so I'm going with that. And th- their meanings are, of course, the raven, the ravenous and the greedy one. So that's kind of a very... Sorry, I got one more thing here. He has a horse as well. It's a very unique horse because it is the fastest horse in all the realms and also is eight-legged. <laughs> it's spider horse. <laughs> spider horse. It is, it is an eight-legged horse and is the offspring of Loki... And Swaddle Farving. And there is an entire story to how that whole thing came about that I will not be telling today, but it is a very interesting one. I definitely would recommend looking up the origins of that horse and the story behind how it had to come about. Yeah, no doubt. Eight-legged horse. 
Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, of course, another big um, character in Norse mythology is Thor, the Thunderer, the God of Thunder. Once again, I'm not going to go through all of it, but he has tons of other titles. But the main one is God of Thunder, which is important here. He has a belt of strength, which doubles his already enormous strength, which is called Megengirth. And of course, he has the hammer Mjolnir, which I will tell the story of later on how he came into possession of that. He also has two goats that pull his chariot. And I am not doing their (laughs) proper pronunciations, but I will do their meaning because this is one that I've never heard pronounced, and I'm not going to try it because there's a lot of consonants and a lot of umlauts over a lot of the vowels, so I'm not even going to attempt it, but they are Snarler and Grinder. Bet you didn't know his chariot was goat-powered. Yeah, definitely didn't know that, and those are some pretty hardcore names given to creatures that typically wouldn't be seen as uh, foreboding and chariot-pulling mm-hmm. Yeah, that intimidating for sure. But, uh, yes. The, the, the thing about Norse mythology that I'm learning, obviously, as we're going along in this episode here and doing the research for these these parts that we're going to cover together, is that it is kind of strange. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. that's bre- oh. our bread and butter. Uh, but it, it's it's got that... You know how people will kind of joke about how, like, Scandinavians are sort of weird? You know what I mean? Like, like and we've got a friend who's Norwegian, and, like, he's a strange bird. Shout <laughs> out to I mean? Life. Uh, <laughs> Life Henderson. And Actually, well, yeah, the stories are much different than folklore we'll find here in North America, that's for sure. It, it is very different, and it is something that, by, by the way, for your friend so, who hold is on here, from the guys, area that this um, all originates from, I apologize for every mispronunciation I will do and have done. <laughs> so, another one of the main players in the Norse mythology is, of course, Loki, who, fun fact, is a blood brother what? to Odin. Not the brother of Thor, not the son of Odin, hmm. but a blood brother to him. He is the son of Farbodi and wow. Luffy. Mind blown slightly because twist. no one knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that like that, that that threw me for a loop when I was of course reading it, the stuff and everything. I'm like, wait, what? Because I just always assumed from you know comics and stuff that he was but no he's actually more close he hangs out with thor a lot but he is more closer tied to odin with like oaths and stuff like that so i'm not going to get into those stories per se in this episode and everything but definitely is worth looking up um he is of course very cunning still very much a trickster he is um the most cunning inhabitant in all of asgard he is a shapeshifter he has scarred lips which you will find out why his lips have been scarred and he has shoes that allow him to walk in the sky he can also shapeshift so he most time will take like different forms of birds and stuff too and there's maybe a hint hint at how he was the father of um of the of odin's horse (laughs) hint hint nudge nudge not going to get into it on here, but okay, there's a hint okay. for you. But important to the topic of this episode and what I'm going to discuss today is Loki's children, Loki's children with the giantess Angrabotha. Now, I'm just going to give a brief thing, even though I will go into a deeper story with them in a little bit. But there's, of course, Yalmengander, the world serpent, the Midgard serpent, 
the Bane of Thor, King of Serpents, Lindworm, Girdle of the Realm. Everything in Norse mythology, I feel, has 50 different names, by the way. Yeah, they just try, you know, just for options. Gotta have options, right? You, you do have to have options. Uh, his other son is Fenrir, uh, Lord of Wolves, Odin's Bane. And we will hear a tale involving Fenrir, the wolf. And, of course, his daughter is Hel, as I mentioned earlier, the ruler of Helheim, or Hel, and the dishonored dead. Badass. I just want yes. to go ahead and throw this out here too because this is this I didn't plan on this coming up in the episode but the first word under this section here the lindworm the lindworm mm-hmm. which is of yes. course the famous creature mm-hmm. in Swedish cryptozoology that people Tatsuwim the, There's a lindworm as well. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just confusing the two. But I I swear I read something about this being a a worm that or well a creature that definitely made it further into modern mythology. So mm-hmm. anyway, maybe we can come back to that. I, I did not know that. I was just like, when I said I was looking up stuff for these, I wanted to list any other names I saw them under just for fun because I found it very interesting. Uh, I am currently looking up Limworm. Uh, British. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if obviously this would be the basis for modern legends. Yeah, the Tetzel Worm or the Death Worm, obviously, too, potentially. Mm. It is listed here as. It's technical term for a wingless serpent monster with two crawling arms on its upper body. So a lot of the dragons that are more worm-like. Which this is... Yomengander is kind of referred to as a serpent, as a dragon. Many different things. I've always envisioned it as like a hybrid dragon-snake thing in my mind. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It, it does too. have venom and stuff like that, which, once again, I'll get into when I tell that story. Cool. Um, Hell's also kind of weird because, like, half of her's dead and the other half is alive. Like, if you're looking at her from one side, she's a beautiful young maiden. If you're looking at her from the other side, she looks like a corpse. Two-faced. If you're looking at her head-on, yes, you get her two-faced. So that is very interesting. There are a few other things that we will get into with creatures and monsters in this episode, but I'll get to them when they become appropriate, which I might be able to start our first story today. Sweet, let's do it. All right, so the first story I'm going to go over is the gifts for the gods, how a lot of the gods got their iconic items and stuff like that. Once again, I am saying this just to be Clear, I am taking some liberties with this story. I'm making sure that I'm still getting all the information out there, but strap in, kids. It's time. It's story time. All right. <laughs> Woohoo, we're ready. So I should point out that the wife of Thor is a goddess named Sif, who had beautiful blonde hair. The goddess, uh, if I remember correctly for her, she is the goddess of... Um, um, Fertility. There we go. I was like, frailty? No, fertility. She's the goddess of fertility. Um, so Thor, Thor and her wake up one morning. Thor looks over at her and realizes, Sif, where is your beautiful hair? And she, of course, is like, Thor, what are you talking about? And he goes, you don't have any hair. Of course, she reaches up. There's no hair there. So... <laughs> Thor, being the... Thor's not very smart, by the way, but he does know one thing. If there's mischief about, there's one person you need to go to first. Hmm, Loki. (laughs) Exactly. So he goes to find Loki. And he tells Loki, 
Loki, what have you done with Sif's hair? And Loki, of course, is like, I don't know what you're talking about, Thor. So then Thor proceeds to, of course, break Loki. By that, toss him around, rough him up a little bit, and then tells him, Loki, I will get very good at breaking every bone in your body. It might take me a little bit, but I think every day I'll get better at it. So why don't you tell me what happened to Sif's hair? Of course, Loki, being the trickster, did take Sif's hair. And of course, he goes, Well, Thor, I took her hair because I just felt like it. I just felt like taking her hair. And since I took it from the root, it shan't grow back. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry. (laughs) Yikes. Permanent new hairdo. So, Thor, of course, reminds him that if he does not remedy this soon, he will, on a daily basis, break every bone in his body. So, Loki being cunning and, of course, mischievous, goes, I have an idea. I'm going to go to some dwarves and see if I can get them to make Sif a new head of hair. (laughs) And Thor, of course, allows him to go. So he goes to the Sons of Evaldi, who are well-known dwarf craftsmen. And he decides to make a game out of this. Because, of course, Loki's in it for himself and wants to make kind of a little bit on the side here. So he, of course, tells the Sons of Evaldi, Sons of Evaldi, can you make... A, he- a head of hair for Sif. Golden hair that will continue to grow. Sons of Aldi are, of course, like, of course, Loki, we could do that for you. And he goes, also, can you make some other items for the other gods? I want I want to bring them some stuff, too. And they go, of course we can, Loki. So he goes, excellent, great. I'm, I'm glad to hear. You guys are the best craftsmen in all the Nine Realms. Well... Then, of course, he goes and sneaks off to Brock and Adri, who are two other dwarves that also make beautiful items and beautiful craftsmanship. And goes to them and tells them, Brock and, a- Brock and Adri, so, by the way, sorry if my voice keeps going in and out. I'm trying to remember all of the different voices I'm going to do for I'm this. So, it. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, Brock and Adri, I would like to tell you that the sons of Avaldi say that they are going to make better gifts for the gods than you could ever. And I think that, yes, they can make better gifts for the gods than you can. Of course, Brooke and Adri are not um, as easily tricked. So they're like, I feel like you're in this for yourself, Loki. And, of course, Loki... continues to try to deceive them and they say we'll make of course items for the gods because we of course do better work than the sons of Evaldi do we will make treasures for the gods but if we make better treasures than them which of course we will we want your head Loki I would like to use it to make some stuff with I feel there's enough going on up there that we can Use it to create something special. And of course, Loki, being trickster, agrees to these terms and goes, Of course you can have my head if you're able to beat the Sons of Avaldi, but I, for some reason, doubt you'll be able to. So, 
Loki leaves, and Brock and Adri get to work on making their items. First thing, Brock pulls, I mean, Ad, sorry, Adri pulls out is a boar skin. And he wants to make a living boar out of this boar skin. So he tells Brock, he goes, Brock, how about you work the bellows and I'll go hammer and, of course, make a great boar with this boar skin. So Brock is, of course, working the bellows. It's hot, it's sweaty, when a giant fly flies in and bites Brock on the hand hard. Well, Brock's a very tough guy, so of course he just keeps working the bellows. And Adri comes out with a boar named Gilimborsti, which is a golden boar. Living boar, actually. He goes, I have another idea, and gets another piece of gold, and goes, I will make this into a great item. Now I need you to once again pump the bellows and don't stop for anything. And don't stop for anything, Brock. And of course, he's like, of course, brother, I will. So he pumps the bellows, and he's pumping away at them. Well, this big old fly comes back in and bites Brock on the neck. Just bites him around the back of the neck. Just sinks his teeth into the back of his neck. Okay. Well, Brock's a tough guy and continues to pump. Is not stopped. And... Adria emerges with with a golden arm ring, which I will tell you the name of that and its cool features in a moment. Well, he's like, I have had an idea. Adria's like, I have had an idea for a while, Brock. I have had a great idea. He picks up a a huge slab of pig iron. I mean, pigging pig iron, pigging it. Big old thing of metal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big old thing of metal, and he goes, "This will be my greatest work." So he goes into the bellow. He goes into the workshop, and Brock goes back to working the bellows. Well, this fly flies down and bites Brock right on the eyelid. Bites him real good. Well, Brock is a tough guy and keeps working through it, but he bites harder and harder, and there's blood coming down his face, and finally. He goes and make, takes his hand off the bellows for just a moment to swipe the to swipe it away. Well, that moment was just long enough that the item that they were making came out with a shorter handle than it should have had. And that item, ah. you will find out what it is in just a moment. Okay. So of course, Loki comes in. He, but he had been in there the whole time as the fly. <laughs> of course. Loki comes in, sees the gifts, and tells them that, oh, I'll, I'll take them to the, to, the, um, to the gods and everything. You guys don't need to come. And Brock looks at him with, of course, a swollen eye and goes, I will come with you. I've taken this whole thing very personally. Plus, I would like to be there to take your head after we have won. <laughs> so they go to the gods and the sons of Avaldi present their items first they present Sif's new golden hair which attaches to her bald head and now Sif once again has beautiful hair they present to uh, Frey Skiff Blatnir which is a magical ship one of the biggest ships ever created 
but that can fold up to the size of a scarf if needed. Very cool. And the gods are very pleased with these items, and their final item for the Allfather himself is a spear called Gomnir. This spear never misses its mark, and any oath taken upon it is unbreakable. Odin is, of course, very impressed by this item, because being one-eyed, his accuracy can leave something to be desired. (laughs) Yeah, no depth perception there. (laughs) Well, Brock comes up and presents Frey with his golden boar, Golemborsti. This this boar that will pull Frey's chariot and be and basically can be like almost the sun in light itself. The gods are very impressed, but still are imp- more impressed with the sons of Avaldi. The next item, which is the golden ring, is presented to Odin, which is Drolpnir. Every nine nights, it produces eight more rings of equal beauty and value to, of course, make the already rich gods richer. Of course. The gods are once again impressed, but still, the sons of Ivaldi have made a very, very amazing items. Well, finally, they say this is the last item, and Loki's sitting pretty good right now, because he's like, ah, the last item they messed up. I'll be good. The last item they present is Mjolnir. Remarkable hammer. Unbreakable. An item that will come back to its owner when it is thrown and can change in size and is something that Thor definitely needs because he's broken many items and lost many weapons. So Thor is overjoyed with this item. The gods are happy because they have something that can finally defend them against the frost giants. So Adri, I'm sorry. So Brock looks over at Loki, kind of gives him a, I will take your head now, look. Well, Loki pleads with Odin. Odin, they can't take my head. I'll give them riches. I'll give them riches equal to my head. And, of course, Brock is like, I can make anything I want. So why would I need your riches? And... Odin says he has a point. He can take your head. Well, right before he cuts his head, Loki goes, wait, 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 wait. Why are you cutting my neck? I said you could take my head, but if you cut my neck, that breaks the deal because I did not say you could take my neck. Odin says this is very true. The deal was for the head alone, not the neck. So, Brock's still a little PO'd about the whole biting in the eye and everything and being tricked. So, he walks over to Odin, whispers in in his ear real quick, and Odin goes, oh, that will be fine. So, they sewed his mouth shut instead. (laughs) (laughs) See, and that's super dark. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is, and that and that's and that, that's the thing. It's 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 great with the whole trickery and everything in that story of, um, of course, Loki is trying to trick him by being like, "Hey, you can't take my neck. That's not part of the deal." Hmm. Fine print, man. Yeah, it is. Classic it trickster. Is. And and I've heard other tellings of that tale to where he like the knife wouldn't even work on him because he made a deal to where like knives couldn't cut him or anything, right? But, I said, for, for my time, I wanted to skip hmm. over that and everything. So, 
So that is one of the stories of how the gods got some of their greatest weapons and greatest treasures That's and awesome. everything. That's Thor got cool. his hammer that he will, of course, use throughout many different adventures in the realm of Norse mythology. Um, Odin's spear that he is well known for also came from that. So like I said, it's a cool story and it's also another kind of instance of Loki is sort of sowing seeds of his own destruction at times mm-hmm. too mm, yeah because yeah. he's he's with the gods but he's at the same time kind of a punching bag for the gods which of course coming to ragnarok that kind of is something that i find interesting that he as i will tell in the next story about his children he's sort of setting himself up for not failure but to betray the gods Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does right, come across everything. as very like morally ambivalent. Like whatever best suits his interests is what he's going to go for ultimately. Mm-hmm. And in that, it, sense, it, yeah, like and, and and then in that sense too, from what we're familiar with and like other stuff we've covered, it's very much like kind of it reminds me of like the Skinwalker and that trickster aspect of like indigenous yes. or Wendigo too, or Wendigo to a certain to, degree, yeah, a the shapeshifter. Bit. If only those um, what's his name Brock. If only he had used uh, Unbreakable Thread. <laughs> <laughs> well it did scar his mouth it's, it's mentioned that it does scar his mouth um and some telling it's permanently and others it takes like i mean they're gods so it takes a few hundred years also i should point this out gods in norse mythology are immortal in the sense of they don't die of age but can die from you know wounds and stuff okay right? which is so that's yeah Okay. But they just take a trip to hell, which might not be the most permanent thing all the time. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. So just wanted to point that out because that does, doesn't come into play in any of the stories I'll be telling today, but it comes into play in some of the other ones that are part of the realm of Norse mythology. Totally. totally. Like I said, like I, said I, I always like that one because it's very interesting on how Thor got his hammer. Also, the fact that it can change in size. It's something that if he misses, it will come back to him. And it's unbreakable is interesting. Uh, does not have the enchantment like it does in the comics, though. Of the only he can wield it. Gotcha. It gets okay. stolen in some. It gets stolen a few times in other stories. So right. It's it's kind of neat and everything for that. Well, um, and it's important because we get the first little taste here of 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 the the details on the dwarves and what they were able to build, mm-hmm. which is super important for for this um, and what they're, we want to talk about. Exactly. There is multiple things where the dwarves um, build some other stuff. Uh, it is weird because in some of my research I did, it does point out that the dark elves are also the dwarves and vice versa. Mm-hmm. We so came I thought that was that interesting. Too, yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting that the, that the they're referred to as both dark elves are possibly dwarves, but then other stuff. There's dark elves, and then there's dwarves. It's it's weird. It's kind, of, it but that's the thing. This was this was told in so many different areas and so many different things that they're and a lot of this history is lost to us too, which yep. mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure we'll get into on future episodes. Indeed. But I just wanted to point that out that that's the problem is a lot of this is lost to us. Um, now, if you would indulge me, I would like to tell you about the children of Loki. Let's do it. So. Loki actually does have children in Asgard with one of the Asgardians, but, I mean, it's Loki. Do, do you expect him to be monogamous? Nah. Nah. <laughs> um, so, Loki, of course, snuck off to go spend some time with the giantess Angrabotha. 
Odin kind of knew that this was going on and finally was like, Loki, I believe you have something to talk to us about. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Odin. And Odin, of course, you know, glinting his one eye, goes, I think you do. So, of course, um, if I remember correctly, it's Loki, Thor, and um, Tyr, who is the god of, who is his god of war. Even though Odin's the god of war. Also, Tyr's one of his sons, so it's technically Thor's brother, too. That I'm, I'm not getting into the whole family tree here. It's very confusing <laughs> in a lot of the... Yeah, no, no worries. The, the branches. It's not as bad as Greek mythology. I'll, I'll give it that. I'll give it that. <laughs> so they go off into adventure into the land of the giants. And they come to the hall of, of Angabotha. And they find three children there. Three very unique children. A serpent, a puppy, and a young girl. Hmm. So they proceed to take the three back to Odin so that Odin can figure out what to do with them. Well, along the way, the serpent continues to grow to the point where they have to chop down a tree to tie it to because it keeps trying to spit venom on all of them. <laughs> Mostly Thor, by the way, but but anyways, uh, Tyr becomes very friendly with the puppy. He he's, you know plays with the puppy and everything because he's he's got a soft spot for dogs and everything. I mean, it's a wolf cub, but it's still it's it's it's, it's a dog, and <laughs> no one really wants to be around the little girl because, of course, as I said earlier, if you're on one side of her, beautiful young girl. Other side of her, walking corpse. Not so nice. Creepy. So, exactly. So they get back to, to of course, Odin. And Odin, being all father, wise beyond wise and full wisdom, has also kind of foreseen some of these individuals and everything and knows what they might become. So he wants to nip it in the bud. Well, of course, Yomingander, the serpent by that point has almost outgrown the tree so he takes the serpent and puts it into the giant ocean that surrounds the midgard he's like it will you know have plenty of room to grow and everything little does he know it will grow to the point where it encircles the entirety of midgard and can put its own tail in its mouth like it becomes huge it has some dealings with thor in the future and some more dealings with thor hence its name bane of thor but We'll get to one of those adventures later. Uh, he gives Hel, of course, the realm of Helheim. He gets her to be able to watch over the dead because she's kind of cool with dead stuff because she's half dead herself. That's bizarre, <laughs> man. Finally, there's Fenrir, who's grown and continues to grow. Could be a great ally for, for Asgard. But Odin doesn't really trust this animal for some reason, especially when he looks in its eyes. Doesn't he? He has foreseen stuff, and those eyes appear a lot in his foresight. So, Tyr continues to, you know, of course, play with the puppy as it grows, and it grows to be man size in no time, and then double man size, and then fairly big <laughs> so they decide all right now this also fenrir can talk too it knows human speech 
So, the gods go to it one day and go, and Odin, of course, goes, Fenrir, you have grown so big. I bet you could break any bond we put on you. Fenrir, of course, wanting a challenge, goes, Give me the best challenge you've got, gods. So they, of course, put some chains on him. What does he do? Barely flexes, breaks these simple chains. (laughs) The gods, of course, go, Oh, you're so strong. And he goes, I want a real challenge. Give me a real challenge. So they go out and get the biggest change. Like Thor has to help them lift these chains. They're so big. They, of course, chain up Fenrir. Well, he struggles against them and still is able to break them with a giant flex. And they found pieces of those of those chains all over Asgard for the next few years. Crazy. Well, Odin gets it in his head that he's he's not going to take this much longer. So he's like, I have an idea. So he goes to the dwarves once again and gets them to gather some items to make a fetter with. And these, I, firstly, they gathered the footsteps of a cat. Secondly, the beard of a woman. Thirdly, the roots of a mountain. Fourthly, the sinews of a bear. Fifthly, the breath of a fish. And sixth and lastly, spittle of a bird. Now, I'm sure you're wondering to yourself out there, well, you've never seen any of these. Right. Correct? Indeed. <laughs> yeah, no. The closest thing would probably be the sinew of the bear, but even that, obviously, we're not hunters, so. No. Yeah. Definitely mm. not. In other words, things which don't exist and against which it is therefore fruit, fruitless to struggle. Gleipnir would be the fetter's name. Hmm. And it's a, you know, simple little lacy, just nothing almost. The gods take it to Fenrir. Fenrir looks at it and they're like, we, we would like to wrap you in this. It is, it is the strongest thing in all the realms. Fenrir looks at him questionably and goes, what glory would I get from breaking that? It's no more than a than a breath of air, almost. And he's suspecting something's going on here. It's back and forth and everything, and finally Fenrir goes, All right, I will allow you to chain me up in that, but I want one of you to put your hand in my mouth to show good faith, because I feel you're, you have trickery about you. All the gods look at each other, and none of them really seem to be stepping forward until Tyr walks up. Tyr, who was this this wolf's friend, helped raise him, was the only one who showed him affection, puts his hand in Fenris's mouth. Well, they wrap Fenrir in in Glyphnir, and... He struggles against it and can't seem to break it. Okay. So he flexes harder and is continuing to struggle against it. And then then the gods start laughing. All of the gods start laughing, except for Tyr. Start laughing. 
at how the great wolf can't even break this little string. This barely anything. Well, Fenrir kind of gets the hint, takes a look up at Tyr, and Tyr nods to him, and he bites down and takes off the hand of Tyr. Well, Tyr wraps his arm and basically is like, and basically Fenrir is sitting there, and he's like, release me, Odin. This is a, this is a fool's errand now. Release me. And Odin says, no. Why would we release you? We have finally captured you. And Fenrir's like, I could be a great ally to you. I don't understand why you're doing this. I could have been the greatest warrior Asgard has ever seen. Well, Odin, of course, responds with, well, this is where you need to be. We would not have it any other way. Well, at this, Fenrir lashes out and closes God. On his toes and jams the sword into his mouth, where his mouth stuck open. Well, it's said that for years afterwards, you'd think there was a giant mountain with an open cave at the bottom of it, but actually, that's where Fenrir was resting till he could get his revenge. Gotcha. Hmm. Dark days ahead. I, yeah, I have a feeling this is gonna come back to bite Odin in the butt. Yeah, maybe. Eh. <laughs> It's all it's all super dark, which I love, um, because it it when we when we cross over into some more I'm hesitant to say modern stuff, because obviously when we're talking about you're giving these stories in such great detail and these are orally passed down and you know, Scandinavian stories from a long ass time ago. And I don't even know, honestly, just 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 keep going. This is so much fun. I just want you to keep going. Awesome. Um I just want to sp- get over a few themes in this real quick of course loki bred the very things that would be the downfall of the gods as we will see but at the same time the gods turned them into these monsters Mm -hmm. fenrir could have been the greatest ally to the gods but instead i mean like he didn't show any violence towards anyone until they chained him Mm -hmm. and everything so that's kind of but as is with this story, Odin's driven by, you know, he has this infinite wisdom. He's heard, you know, the prophecy of Ragnarok. He mm-hmm. knows that those eyes or something are the last thing he sees and looking forward into future and into, into different realms and everything. He always sees those eyes. So mm-hmm. instead of trying to work with it, he fears it. And of course, he creates his own enemy. Totally. Um, yeah. That's so funny. Hey, it's almost like his infinite wisdom is his own demise to a certain degree because he foresees it and ergo tries to perhaps change or exactly prevent the path mm-hmm. from unfolding. And and that's the thing I find interesting in these stories is it, it's alluded to that he has all this knowledge of what's going to happen, but he somehow it continues to happen. So I, I don't know. I always found that interesting, mm-hmm. especially in the, you know, you, you reap what you sow, nature versus nurture, that all those things are existent in this. Mm-hmm. And well, almost like the uh, inevitability of the fates or something, too, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And there are f- the Nords in the tales of Norse mythology. They're not in anything I'm telling here, but they are the fates that sort of dictate what will happen. Right, right. Also, Mimir's head and Mimir's well kind of shows some stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, and there's of course prophecies and stuff like that woven into it as well, which now we will get into the, well, 
Ragnarok. Sweet. The Twilight <laughs> of the gods. All right, all right. Now, there's a lot of stuff that leads to this. Uh, the death of Boulder, the imprisonment of Loki. But I'm going to skip those stories because those are something that... It plays into this, but I feel like just skipping straight to Ragnarok is something that I would enjoy talking about so much more. Also, by the way, if there's any movie producer listening or anybody who wants to shoot a movie, I am having this as my script for how I would shoot this as a movie, TV show, whatever. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Sweet. So, this is, um, I'm going to kind of talk about a few things with Ragnarok real quick before we get into it. Uh, Ragnarok is the twilight of the gods. It's sort of a reset of the world of Norse mythology. Yes, the gods die. Most of them do. A few of them live through it and everything, but it's not like the apocalypse. Tons of stuff gets wiped out, but it's sort of a reset for the worlds. Hmm. Almost similar to what we've talked about in the past with uh, the Great Flood. That story mm -hmm. is repeated in so many different Cleansing. cultures. Cleansing, yeah. Totally. Well, you might want to keep that flood thing in mind for a second. <laughs> okay. So let me get to it. So Ragnarok, basically, the death of Balder, which I guess I won't get into, but heavily implies stuff, um, starts what's called the Thimble Winter, which is the, like, winter to end all winters. As time goes on, it gets extremely cold. Certain things start to happen. Bonds begin to break. Bonds that might hold certain wolves, certain uh -oh. tricksters. <laughs> get free gotcha mm. and the sun and the moon suddenly go bye-bye and those go bye-bye because and here's something really weird i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of step back from storytelling for a second to explain this there is two wolves that cha one chases the sun and one chases the moon one is the one that chases the sun is named scooty uh the the um mockery basically chases the sun and then Hutti, the one who hates, chases the moon. In some interpretations, I've seen that they're the children of Fenrir. In other stuff, they're just great wolves. Gotcha. So I'm just pointing that out just so I cover my bases. For sure. I, um, the, not, not to spoil the Neil Gaiman book, but he doesn't really talk about them in there. He talks about the sun and the moon going bye-bye, but doesn't really allude to that. Okay. Um, I just kind of just like to point that out because I've seen very cool artwork of this. Uh, the God of War game, if I may step on that real quick, does point out that they do exist in that realm. You don't see them. You just see a painting describing that they exist. And going back to this, I just wanted to say that to set the scene, there is no more sun. There is no more moon. Hmm. It is beyond cold. <laughs> that sounds kind of apocalyptic. Nuclear winter is what <laughs> it, that it, sounds it, like. It does. Right? It does. But gets even more apocalyptic because the Midgard Serpent awakens. Uh-oh. And it thrashes around, and since it's the size it is, cause, causes great floods. Ah, crazy. So sure enough. Everywhere. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Amber. And of course, the giants and all the bad things that have wanted to have their moment against the gods are getting their time now. The fire giant Surtur arrives and starts setting flame to the world. So I'd like to imagine this world is this bleak, overcast, kind of red-hued from all of the flames everywhere, mm -hmm. if I may set that scene. Um, so there's that. And on this overflowing ocean, there is a 
grand old ship, big old ship, called Naglfar. This ship is made of the untrimmed finger and toenails of the dead. <laughs> it, it is captained by Loki, along with the giants and all the dead from hell who have come to do battle with the gods in the Inheri for Ragnarok. Badass. Now, of course, wouldn't just be Loki there if he didn't bring his family with him. Of course, Yalmengander's on his way to the battlefield as well, you know, stirring up the ocean. About, you know, the first couple miles or so of his body comes out, you know, slithers onto what lands there. Of course, his other son, Fenrir, arrives as well. And I'm assuming if we're going to include him, Skoldi and Hadi arrive as well, along with a ton of other bad, bad stuff that wants to face against the gods. Well, of course, the gods come to do battle as well. Odin goes to Mimir and, you know, gets his last visions and everything and, you know, grabs his spear and is like, we can win the day. So he rides out on on his horse. Thor rides out, you know, on his chariot pulled by, you know, the goats and everything. There's lightning. There's thunder as the, as these two forces come at each other. And right before the battle starts, a spear is thrown dedicating this battle to Odin. Because that's what you do before a battle in Norse mythology. You dedicate it to Odin. Of course. <laughs> so, of course, the battle begins. Thor sees Jormungandr and, you know, steers his chariot, driven by goats, smashing through the dead and everything, as thunder and lightning follow him as he heads towards the Midgard Serpent. Well, Odin's, you know, out there commanding, trying to lead, you know, the gods against this this great army. He's he's up in the sky on, of course, his horse, you know, throwing his unmissable spear and everything. You know, the battle's going good for him. And then the and then he looks over with his one eye, of course, and sees those eyes again. Hmm. As Fenrir opens his giant mouth and in one gulp, Odin, Allfather, is gone. Damn. Cut to the other side of the battlefield. Thor and Yomengander. Lightning is everywhere as the two battle. And of course, you know, Yomengander's huge, but Thor is, you know, the strongest of the gods and is fighting him and, you know, just going at him and everything. And finally, he's able to land a killing blow. But then within five paces, falls because of all the poison that has gotten on him from fighting Yomengander. Oh. Gotcha. The greatest hero of the gods is now dead. Mm. And Fenrir is, of course, celebrating that, you know, he's he's beaten Odin. He showed Odin. But you know who he didn't show? Odin's son. Ah. The scient and reliable god, Vidar, shows up and he has a boot on his foot, which is made of all the pieces of cut off straps of leather when you make shoes. Every bit of those shoes that has ever been made in history has come onto that one boot and he stomps right down on Fenrir's jaw and kills him. Dang. Meanwhile, on the other side of the battlefield, Frey is taking on the the fire giant Sutter. And if Frey had kept his rune sword, which fought for him, he didn't even have to wield the sword. It fought for him <laughs> and could defeat anybody. If he had only kept that, he wouldn't have died that day to the fire giant. Dang. And finally, Loki and Heimdall 
face off against each other. Basically, give each other a killing blow. But as they're lying there dying, Heimdall can see far. He, of course, has the sight beyond sight. That That is something in the Marvel comics that kind of touches on what he can do. Mm-hmm. He can sort of see anything. Right. But he sees that in the tree, Yggdrasil, there are two humans hiding from all of this fire and all this chaos. And those two humans are what will, of course, repopulate our world. Adam and Eve. <laughs> Type idea. They're, 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 they're named different in Norse mythology, but yes. Same, essentially, same sort of an idea. Interesting. Yes. Very, very um, a cool. few of the gods do survive as well. Um, uh, Magni, and, Magni and Modi, who are Thor's sons, actually take his hammer and they have to wield it together. Um, they survive. <laughs> There's not very many tales involving them, so that's why I didn't really touch on them. Sure. Um, Balder comes back from the dead and survives. And there's a few others that kind of float in and out through there. But it's basically, that's the rebirth of the worlds. That's so cool. Is through Ragnarok. I guess we have to watch Ragnarok now. <laughs> we do. I See, I want to watch it, but I'm like, I don't know how much that has to do with any of this. Yeah, yeah. Then again. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can cover that together. We can uh, we can watch it independently. We, we can check it out and everything. Then, yeah, because yeah. I really want to see how much crossover there is. I mean, like I said, I mean, I bullet point a lot of this stuff, and I mean, there, there, there's a lot more. And like I said, I did my own interpretation, but like, this is all interesting. And there's elements that exist through other mythologies and everything, too. So mm-hmm. I find it very interesting and everything. Um, I didn't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to throw out there. I mean, honestly, anything. like... You did a really good, first of all, just, I wanted to say, you did a great job, and I love the voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Thanks. <laughs> love it. And, you know, I guess the one thing I would want to, like, ask you, and, you know, just as a lead into this part two that, that we're going to do here, is just, you know, if there's a few kind of really, like, distinctive kind of, like, hinging points when it comes to dwarves. Obviously, you're mentioning, like, the, the fire giant uh, here, which mm-hmm. I'm sort of in my head uh, linking with things like the the Jotun and, like, the trolls, like, giant, like, other giants, essentially, right? So, like, I mean, yeah. what's your take on, on that, I guess? Because uh, we're going to be asking you that question throughout our episode, too, but just to... So, yeah. trolls are mentioned a few times in Norse mythology. Um, it's mentioned during a certain building of the walls of asgard that thor's off fighting trolls hmm. they're right. mentioned of again as like enemies of asgard and everything dwarves are of course as they're portrayed in this also in tolkien's works and everything as craftsmen yeah and stuff like that so so they're portrayed as that and i'm very interested in our crossover with the dwarf stuff because i'm wondering where that's going elves are of course sprinkled in there as well uh through the gods actually if i remember correctly have like some of their servants are like elves and stuff yeah yeah we came across so, that a little bit too uh yeah like, like, like i said i bullet point this stuff because otherwise i'd just be reading this book all day to you guys <laughs> but i i wanted to kind of take my favorite stuff and everything um the giants are very very prevalent in norse mythology uh loki's technically a giant all of his children are giants per se right right um Technically, so I mean, there. Uh, Thor's mother, um, if I remember correctly, Thor's mother's a giant in the mythology. I I can't remember her name, but I know that she is a giant. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering, and I guess this is correctly. where or 
Magni and Modi's mother. This is going to bother me, so I'm going to look it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for, um, for us, no, this is where that. there's this cool kind of a bleed over into, like I said earlier, I'm hesitant to say modern, but the ideas of of um, things people have uh, converted into sort of like with a Christian lens, taking these Nordic mm-hmm. uh, Scandinavian oral tradition stories and then adding sort of a Christian lens over it, which then led into other stories about these types of creatures. We've talked about dwarves and, and elves and stuff like that, which I think is so fascinating because like you said already, it's it's a lot of it hasn't been written down. Like a lot of it hasn't, it, it's kind of been lost to history. So we won't necessarily know whether or not any of it was... Uh, rooted in anything more than just storytelling obviously besides the the details with asgard and all the very purely mythological stuff Mm -hmm. like almost are you trying to say like basically people of the past could have been experiencing intersections with these other realms or creatures or whatever yeah like i mean we talk about lots of things like interdimensionality and witnessing things that clearly aren't of this world and i think like that could have been a basis of storytelling I, I definitely think it could have been. Um, they the, these stories are so out there, but at the same time, um, it's funny because I've been listening to a lot of you know, a lot of the music, a lot of books on tape with this. I mean, a lot of books on audio. Sorry, I keep saying books on tape. I'm so used to it. <laughs> um, and I have to commute to work before the sun rises, so it's really weird on very cold mornings, especially when there's snow on the ground. I mean, you, you guys get this more than I do, right? just imagining this world that like i mean technically some of these areas are in the air are where you know the sun doesn't come up for months right everything and just thinking about like the people that would huddle around and hear these great stories and everything and just did they all just come from imagination or was there something there to sort of jumpstart it Mm -hmm. a different time in a different world i wish we could just be a fly on the wall (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, according to this, it does say that she is a Jotun. Gotcha. Ah, yeah, okay. Mother. Yeah, there. Um, I didn't get into, like, the Vanir and the Aesir gods stuff, because that's a whole... Like I said, that, that's a whole different thing. I just... None of the stories I've already had involved it, but I think that's elements of maybe two different mythologies coming together with that, because that seems to be the way it is. A lot of the Jotun or the giants are named and are sort of very prevalent in the stories and everything. Mm. So I feel like there's stuff missing there from our histories, but there, there's so much. And like I said, this was just a taste and I would love for any listener of this to go discover more. Definitely. Like mm-hmm. I said, this, I just wanted to give everyone a sampling because I feel like if you go and I'm not, I'm not saying even to read, you know, Neil Gaiman stuff, just go find like there, there's plenty of books and stuff on this. And, I mean, like I said, I told the stories the way I preferred them to where my mind went to. So it was sort of, I made my own mythology out of these stories because I was like, I'm going to tell these, you know, verbally instead of reading because that's how I felt they would have been told around a fire exactly. at night centuries ago. Totally. Love mm-hmm. it. So so with that, um, I, I will allow you guys to, of course, plug, plug, plug. But first, <laughs> I want you guys to set up Part two. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So really excited for part two because obviously, Justin, you've done such a good job teeing it all up here. And we're taking a lot of what you've touched on and uh, the development of the hammer of Thor and these types of things associated with creatures that some believe to be very, very real. That being 
trolls, dwarves, and elves, which are three specific that have a lot of overlap, but are three sort of Scandinavian mythological Mm -hmm. beasts, if you will, that we are going to cover in part two and possibly even a part three here mm-hmm. uh so i i think i think there will be a part three indeed i'm saying that because one i want to rewatch a certain movie before we get to part three because <laughs> i think this is the the um uh troll hunter the revenge i think will be the episode yes. three of this so <laughs> definitely so um so no thank thank you guys very much for joining me giving me the opportunity to talk about mythology uh that, that i love I, I love talking about mythology um, this mythology is one I've gotten into more recently because of, you know, numerous things, but I didn't know a lot about this stuff until I started doing research and kind of reading stuff. So I came into this like, but I mean, us doing research for this is one thing, but me sure. going into Norse mythology, I thought I knew something and I knew nothing. <laughs> it's always so kind of cool when that I, happens, right? That's, that's oh, awesome. No, it's, it's, it's great. Like I knew elements, but there's just stuff. I was just like, Whoa. So where can people find more from you guys? Or where one, where can people find more from you guys? But of course, if you want part two of this, you're going to have to go to... Yeah, I mean, download us everywhere you get your podcast. Intotheportal.com is our home mm-hmm. base, so you guys can check us out there and find links to, uh, yeah, like our resources and our shop and all the uh, stuff like that, our yeah. Facebook group and all those kinds of things. Updates so yeah, I show. mean, we're on Facebook, just backslash into the portal, or maybe it's a forward slash, I'm not sure. Yeah, you guys can find it on there at into the portal podcast on Instagram and at into the portal on Twitter. And we're always active on there. So come follow us and hang out with us. Yeah. And of course you can find us anywhere. Apple podcasts, Spotify. Um, what are the other ones? Podbean anywhere. Stitcher. I mean, there we're everywhere. Everywhere. All right. And of course you can find Zingness anywhere you find great podcasts like into the portal. And of course, if you want to tweet or do anything like that, you can of course find us on Twitter Join us on Facebook. Tell me how I mispronounced stuff. I did the best I could, I swear. You crushed it, man. You crushed it. Anyways, with that, I say goodnight to the world of Midgard. Still stuck on Nippleheim. Yeah, Nippleheim. <laughs> Niffle. Niffles. Niffle. <laughs> Sounds Niffle. like nipple, man, and it's cold there, so come on. <laughs> true, true. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.